this is Way Down South Radio. I'm Larry Luke, and today I'm joined by Footy Mob founder Curtis Jenkins. How's it going, man? Uh, not too bad. How are you doing today? I'm great. Uh, where are you? Right now in Minneapolis. What's popping in Minneapolis? Came up here, believe it or not, for an interview uh, for a new job. Oh, wow. This is breaking news. Quite possibly. Oh, man. What, what's going to happen to the mob if Curtis is uh, operating from MPLS? Uh, there'll be somebody better than me running it. <laughs> Any, anything you can divulge, let us know about? No, I mean, we'll just go through the regular election cycle. Uh, considering the way season's gone, who knows, you know, how everything's going to turn out. Uh, so we're just preparing for the rest of the season. And then our elections are always in December anyway. So it's a nice, easy segue out for me and in for the next person. Because I'll still be in Atlanta for a little bit. I'm not in Atlanta for a few months. All right. All right. All right. So what are your thoughts on the season so far? And uh, do you think we'll even be playing games? I think there's going to be an attempt to play games. But if you're looking at USL out in California and what's happening in Major League Baseball, I mean, a, a bubble is the way to go, and I understand the stress that it puts people under. So it was good to at least have that bubble to evaluate some things. But I think if you're not going to finish it out that way, I don't foresee the season going the way people really want it to or expect it to. I think it's going to be a lot of fits and starts and possibly some just, you know what, let's not do this. Right. As as we all know, uh, at the time of this recording, the Florida Marlins have like 16 or 19 people have tested yeah. positive for COVID. So their games have been put on hold and who knows how they'll make them up or who knows who will be even playing those makeup games, wearing Marlins uniforms. It's all very up in the air. And I guess the same uh, goes for MLS. Yeah, I mean, you've got uh, LA Galaxy had some t- players test positive. LA, LA Galaxy 2, rather. Uh, okay. Then you've got, I think the Phillies stopped uh, workout today because they were playing the last thing the Marlins played against. So they're kind of like, hey, let's slow this down for a minute. So I think it's going to take some serious conversations between people about what it means to play sports until there's a vaccine or some sort of break in this. I'm pretty sure you're a founding member of Atlanta United. So you got that survey that I got last week where it was like, how do you, how safe do you feel about coming back to a limited capacity stadium and whatnot? Um, what did you say? I said, absolutely not. They won't see me in that building in 2020. If they play games, will there still be any kind of motivation on your part to set up any kind of watch parties or even just be in the gulch, social distance, or is that just way too hard to enforce and I think it's way too hard to enforce I think at the the safest thing for us to do is we got together with a bunch of our partners and said hey pick up only tailgate where people could order food go home eat and drink all they wanted to and if they wanted to on their own invite you know two or three people over that's one thing but to have people in bars are you looking at a reservation system how do you plan on accomplishing that and without having those details, it's just, I don't want to be the person who's responsible for one person getting sick because they decided, hey, today's the day I'm going to leave the house. You have a few drinks and you hug somebody, you shake a hand, you get closer than you expect and you're going to get out of excitement. Yeah. I mean, especially if we score a goal, if that Mm -hmm. ever happens again. 
I mean, that would be a time to want to high five somebody. And yeah, maybe Frank just wanted to keep us all safe, so he's like, no goals for safety. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And I can see him saying that in the most deadpan kind of way, too. Speaking of bubbles, have you watched any MLB, or uh, do you have plans on following the NBA bubble? Uh, watched a little MLB, and it was a little weird because, I mean, a baseball stadium is a baseball stadium. And seeing it that empty, I did like the Mets uh, – having the cutouts in the field and I mean one of the Braves players hit a home run off someone's dog which was uh that's pretty funny yeah. funny yeah uh watched some WNBA and that looked really good and watching the NBA game so far looks like the sports where you can condense down the stadium present better whereas baseball it looks cavernous as soon as the ball's put in play and you see the empty stands it's just a weird feeling yeah, it's not like you're looking behind a home plate and you're like, oh, they're underneath and whatever bar, whatever they have. It's just straight empty. And have, you, have you seen any funny uh, cutouts other than dogs? Uh, there was the one guy who bought like 100 cutouts of just himself. <laughs> Where was that? I can't remember which city it was in, but this one guy got literally like three rows that were all him. I was like, okay, I mean... I mean, if that's how you want to spend your money, more power yeah. to you, bro. I mean, he, I mean, I he, went, he went kind of viral, possibly. Yeah, and if you are playing in that game, you look up and you see the same guy a hundred times, maybe that's a head game. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you had the means to do it, would you buy a hundred of uh, yourself and put it Oh, absolutely. Somewhere? Absolutely all the exact same face, no change in anything. And I would have them just like in a row straight across, like judging people as they moved across the field. Oh, front row all the way around. The front, like, front row all the way around. That's hilarious. Um, so with the NBA bubble, as we know, our Hawks are not going to be playing in that tournament. So will you be adopting or bandwagoning a new team? Uh, I think so. I mean, I want to, but it's hard to watch it and want to like root for a team when... I want to see Trey Young out there. I want to see same team. It's like, how good would everyone have been with these extra, you know, 20 games? Like, cause Cam was on a tear as the season ends, as we find out. I mean, seeing Vince Carter go out in an overtime game against the Knicks was not how I envisioned the 2020 season ending. Yeah. It's not how it was planned. And then, I mean, even with the bubble, there's so many problems, as we saw, like Lou Williams got in trouble for get going to get, to get some Magic City Kitchen, which, um, as we all know, kind of a legendary place to go. And he was really just there for the food. Yeah, I mean, if there was no repast at the funeral, you got to eat. Might as well stop somewhere where you know the food is good. Everybody's going to respect your space and, uh, you know, keep it moving. Yeah, have you have you had Magic City wings before? Yes, absolutely. What's give us the rundown? I mean, so I read the Chris Kirchner article this week where he went, and I was like, that is the perfect like they are perfectly crisp. And he looked in the kitchen. I've never looked in the kitchen there because you're obviously occupied otherwise. Realize <laughs> how small it was. So you think they've got this huge kitchen because out comes these perfect wings on their own time. Like if you're getting 20 minutes or you gonna get it in an hour, you don't know. It's just like you're otherwise engaged, even if it's not the Rona times. 
It's kind of such an Atlanta thing, too, where I read the article that Chris wrote, and it said something about, like, oh, it'll be done in half an hour. And he's like, I'm the only one here. <laughs> That's It's such yeah. a, like, a going to the DMV kind of thing, too, where you're just like, I'm I'm the only one here. Why is it taking so long? Yeah, and it's like so many places where, well, so-and-so hadn't come in yet, so, or they didn't take out the wings out the freezer, or there's something that's completely benign that hasn't happened that anyone could have done, but one person has that job. Yeah. It was their job to, you know, like, separate the wings or to take them out of the freezer or to just, like, oh, they didn't make the sausage yet, so we got to wait for the sausage to be made. And it's like, oh, oh okay. But, I mean, once again, pre-runner times, you don't care. Sure. Now, times you're like, oh, well, I really want this wing. And now they had to, what, shut down the kitchen just because they got overwhelmed with orders? Yeah, because it was National Wing Day recently. And I guess too many people were trying to try it for the first time. I actually pulled up the app and just to see if I could get uh, Postmates to deliver to my house. And it said 200 minutes. Ooh. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do that some other time. <laughs> Yeah, that's an order while you're at work on the way home and hope the wings meet you there at that time. <laughs> yeah, if you have the foresight to do that. But I feel like Magic City Wings is such an impromptu kind of thing where you're like, let me just go ahead and mash this button and see. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's so perfectly out of the way because it's not in a part of Atlanta people just go to. No, they, yeah, it's not by really thing. It's not really yeah. by anything else that you could just like swing by, I guess. Nah. Um Speaking of swinging by, and you mentioned that uh, you some of your partners you're arranging for like fans to pick up uh, food mm-hmm. and go home and tailgate. Are there any other cool things that Footy Mod's been doing to keep the engagement up with members during this we've time? Been, we've been trying a lot of things, but you immediately saw the engagement go up once the once the bubble games began. Uh, that was cool, and it still stayed up. People are still watching games, but it's, it means tapers off because. I mean, the time of the games, the schedule. Not everyone can watch soccer every day of the week. Sure, uh, yeah, like that 9 a.m. game was hard oh for some folks. That was horrible. I mean, you're trying the game to- itself or the time, both, both, <laughs> both. And you have to figure out how to still live your life, but then fit in these bubble games, which are so back to back to back that it's hard to uh, properly try to figure that out. So we're seeing some people ta- taper off. But it's still about trying to like maintain the community, maintain a space for people to have an outlet for something that truly doesn't matter. So even if it's just for five minutes a day, they pop in the Facebook group or they react to something on Twitter. Like just being there in that capacity for some bit of normalcy or of whatever this normal is. Of five minutes of why is why is Brooks Lennon played every minute of this game? What is this? Why is Jackson Conway taking off his shirt when he's already on a yellow? Those little conversations. Even Frank being fired. or I'm sure that was a big conversation. It was a huge one, but it gave people that outlet to talk about something different for a day. It's not absent the larger issues in the world, but it's just like, a okay, well, let's discuss this aspect that does not matter for five, ten minutes and you feel better. Yeah, I'm a member of that Facebook group, and when I get notifications, a lot of times it's you dropping in and posting a meme or a joke just to keep the energy up, and I think we all appreciate that. Like, how do you keep so funny all the time? Uh, I mean, it's looking for the absurd. It's kind of like the Larry David thing of he has this notebook that he walks around with. When he sees something that could be funny, he sort of makes a note. 
I think American soccer on its face is a little absurd. Yeah. I, I think our fan culture encourages that absurdity in some very positive, but also some very odd ways. But yet we fight it as opposed to just full on embracing it. Like we should just be full kayfabe WWF 1980s Randy Savage about our soccer. Yet we want to make it Greco Roman in you know 300 BC Olympics Olympic wrestling. Like call it what it is, treat it as what it is, and have a fun time with it. And that's kind of what I always want to do with that group is make sure that drop in and say something fun like hey look at this completely ridiculous thing that we're doing. And then that makes it easier for when it says, we have to say, hey, we have to cancel a tailgate. There's a pandemic. People understand the the repercussions of that. When we say, hey, we're not going to hold events, pick up some food from Midway or, El- or like anywhere, and you're going to go home and eat it, it makes it a little bit easier for the medicine to go down. Totally coming from you. And so other than maintaining this Facebook group and keeping the energy up there. What is the weekly time commitment for a supporters group founder? Uh, it waxes and wanes. Uh, I would say I spend maybe 10 to 15 hours a week purely doing an explicit footy bob thing. I mean, a lot of it's so much fun that you don't think about the time commitment, but there's things like you have to make a few phone calls here and there. Uh, the tailgates, when you were planning those, you're just like, all right, do I have this information, that information? And there are people on the board and people on committees who do a lot of the heavy lifting. And you try to make it where everybody does 20 minutes. So everyone only has to do 20 minutes. Sure. And as we've gotten bigger and as people have gotten more involved, it's actually gotten so much easier. There's almost nothing that I have to do in some avenues. I don't have to touch things. I just go, all right, do you need the credit card? Here you go. Yeah. Versus year one when we were trying to start out and we're like, Please join us. Please join us. And you're literally pick, making making the food for the tailgate. Which yeah, I can I can imagine tailgate. like some some of those like very first footy mob events probably were very taxing, and uh, you were just chalking it up to pure passion. Yeah, and you don't know what's going to happen because we never foresaw us getting to this size. I mean, I don't think anyone. In How many members are are, are in footy mob now? Fourteen hundred. Oh my God. Yeah. And you, amazing. we were hoping for 300. We're like, Oh my God, if we get 300 members, that'd be great. And now we're, you know, four times that and you're like, okay, this is a different conversation now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been amazing to watch it grow, but to hear 1400 is, uh, I don't know. I thought you were going to say something like 400. So yeah. that's, yeah, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's 1400 people who, I mean, you may not hear from all of them all the time, but you hear from all of them some of the time, which is great. People can like jump in, do a thing, and then you know jump back out. A lot of people live out of town, and they come in for games from Greenville or from uh, Alabama or Tennessee, so they aren't day-to-day members. But on game days, they just show up and show out, and that's what you want. You want to provide that conduit for them to like fully get into the game. I mean, that's 1,400 member scarves. That's 1,400 koozies and bandanas or what whatnot. Yep. That's not... More about less. supply chains than I've ever thought I would. Yeah, that's that's not a small lift whatsoever. So how early does your day begin on a match day? Uh, let's say it's a 7 o'clock kick. I'm usually at the gulch by 1. 
get there because I am absolutely paranoid that this game is going to be the game where nobody shows up. Uh, a start. Well, luckily our fan base is, you know, we show up for things. Oh, I'm still <laughs> terrified. Like I'm always like, okay, is this the game? Make sure we have like things like the ice, the water, the cokes, the things that are going to be the nuts and bolts things. Make sure the Wi-Fi is set up for the squares. Make sure that we have all the tables cleaned. If we have the big tent showing up, make sure that's set up. Some mornings I've gotten up out, out there at 7.30 in the morning, made sure that you would have set up, gone home and gone back to sleep and then come back out. Oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Like on some of those like July, August game days when it's like really hot, you're out there for six, seven, eight hours. Yep. You can't even imagine. Like how do you not get so twisted on accident? Uh, I mean, it's happened. I mean, but I have a bigger responsibility, and that's just to like keep my head on a swivel, make sure that nobody who shouldn't be there isn't there, make sure that everyone has what they need, kind of keep track of the ice, keep track of the vendors, keep track of what's happening. And when it gets hot, people's tempers get short. So it's like, hey, get some extra ice, get some extra water, Can make sure people cool down, make sure people don't overexert themselves. I mean, the pride tailgates, we have some people dancing like, hey, drink some water. I don't want you getting overheated because it's July, June or July in Atlanta and you're having yeah. a great time and you don't think about that you haven't had water. You've only had drinks so far. Yeah. So kind of thing of like, OK, what does each environment create in terms of possible situations that we can control? Because there are times there are things that we absolutely can't control. And I make it known to everybody like this isn't us. We will go get the appropriate person to handle this. So yeah, you're kind of working those tailgates. Yeah, I mean, it's just the way my brain works. I need the input of information from from members, from everybody. Hey, is everything good? Is there something I should know about? Is there someone here that's making anybody uncomfortable? Is there, like, what's going on? Do the vendors have enough ice, plates, spoons? Is there a table we need? Like, is something broken? Is the, Are the fans working? It's those kind of things where you have to just kind of keep your head on a swivel and make sure everybody that's taking care of everybody is taken care of. And to make sure the tunes are popping too. Yeah, I just outsource all that to Stefan and the DJs and I let them go forward. Like I can already tell you what the soundtrack would sound like at a footy mob tailgate, but was that just organic or was that something that you had said, hey, we want this kind of approach for what our tailgates sound like? A little bit of both uh, because you have that soundtrack in your head, but hearing it 17 times a year, can be a bit repetitive. So you trust the DJs to say, hey, we're gonna branch out in this direction today. Hey, we're gonna trust a DJ to go a different way on an early game, which might be more of a brunch tailgate, so it may not be as bumping as it would be for an eight o'clock kick. You just mm -hmm. read the room, know what you're gonna do, and with the DJs all having individual styles, you can just play with that by going, all right, you go first, followed by this person, and then that person. And you sort of mix and match them to the moment so that you optimize, you know, the flow of the party. Nice, dude. Um, switching gears a little bit, have you been to the new Atlanta United team store? I have not been in there. I've seen a lot of the pictures, been meaning to go in to get a new Falcons jersey, but haven't gotten in there yet. Yeah, I need to get a new United jersey and a new Falcons mm -hmm. jersey. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. Kind of hesitant to be out in a store right now. And then also, if they're not customizing at the moment, I don't really care. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I live for a custom jersey. Same here. and But I have that same fear of like, okay, if I go there, is it going to be crowded? Are people going to be social distancing? Are people going to be in masks? And that anxiety starts taking over. So it's like, you know what? 
I'll order it online. I'll just let them deliver it straight to me. Yeah, I feel you. Have you gotten any new jerseys recently? No, uh, I had ordered the new the new uh, Falcons jersey, but I realized it was the one with the screen print numbers, not the uh, twill. So I canceled that order. So I was waiting to go into the store to actually get the uh, one with the stitched on twill numbers. Look what player? Uh, probably Julio. I mean, yeah. I know it's a generic answer, but uh, I feel like that's the the correct answer. Sure. Because if you get Julio, then you get uh, Trey Young, then you got a set of 11s. That you start 11s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's and then you start looking, all right, who's 11 for for United? Who's 11 for the Braves? And you start going like, oh, let me. Well, Remetti was 11. So, uh, and then Yamil Assad was 11 no, before so, that. But I'm not sure yeah. who's 11 now. Is it Brooks Lennon? I think Brooks Lennon's 11 now. Okay. Which, I mean, not looking out here in the streets for a Brooks Lennon jersey per se, but. Bro, don't throw him under the bus like that. <laughs> I mean, that's this show. Give me that moment that, like, if I see Brooks Lennon in Magic City, I was like, all right, there we go. There's that notable Atlanta moment for him. I feel that, you. Okay, now I can buy in on Brooks Lennon. It doesn't even have to be on the field. Just give me that definitive Brooks Lennon is an Atlanta player moment. You know, I I buy in on players so early that I, I always regret it. Like I'll always like during like Concacaf Champions League, like that first round, we'll have a player uh, play well, like Mole Rainey or uh, even Breck Shea played well against Herediano that one time, and I was like, oh, sh- maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll do that. And it never works out for me. But you know. oh yeah, I mean, I was I used to pick the worst Hawks players to be fans of, like. I was on the bandwagon when we got Lafonso Ellis back years ago. And I was like, we got Lafonso, playoffs, here we come. And, <laughs> yeah, that worked out. Did you get the jersey, though? <laughs> no, I didn't get the jersey, thank God. Uh, I remember when we had Anthony Pig Miller playing at center with a toothpick in his mouth. And how do you explain that to somebody in 2020 that you had Anthony Miller on an NBA roster playing nightly starting? I mean, those are different times. Like, Back in the day, like baseball players would have like twenty four packs of Miller Lite in their locker. You know, they'd be smoking cigarettes in the dugout. So yeah, it's the different. old Wade Boggs. Yeah, Wade Boggs is kind of a transitional player as as far as that goes. Yeah. Do you remember when Wade Boggs played for the Tampa Bay Devil Rays? Yep, I remember because he was supposed to go into the Hall of Fame as a Devil Ray. He was supposed to get a bump in salary if he did, but you don't get a choice. The the uh, Hall league of- chooses for you. No, the Hall of Fame chooses. Oh, okay. Let him go in as a Ray. That would have been so funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of those weird moments in here, like remembering that uh, it was Ewing played for the Magic, and uh, Elijah one played for the Raptors. It's like, oh wow, Wade Boggs in Tampa. Who would have thought? Or like uh, Dominique Wilkins was a Celtic and a Spur, uh-huh. which we don't like to think about. Yeah, I mean, I'm still angry. I remember that trade like it was yesterday because for some reason my mom let me stay up late and it was on the 11 o'clock news that that Nick had been traded. I was like, "What? I don't understand. For who? I don't know yeah. who Manning is." And I'm like, "Man, that must have ruined your life for a few days." Hey, no one understood what was going on. It was, it was completely being lost, and we're like, "We don't understand. Why did you just trade our best player?" Like, the man had the best fade in Atlanta in 1990, and <laughs> just, like, let him go for a rental player. Well, now he's got a statue in Atlanta, so I guess we'll Finally. for all that. Yeah. See, to get one of Joseph to put right next to him. So, yeah, I was going to ask you, Joseph Martinez is the statue for Atlanta United? Uh, yeah, easily. Okay, who's the um, 
Braves. I guess the Braves have a Hank Aaron one, but aside from that, who else would it be? Uh, I'm going to give another Brave a statue. Like, I want an Acuna statue so bad, and I want the chain he's wearing to actually still be gold. It's like, yeah. what? yeah, and just have, like, some sort of actuated motor where it, like, flies in the wind. With the flopping chains. Well, I mean, yeah. if they do the whole statue gold, then you'll have gold chains. Exactly. Like, but I feel like he needs one. I feel like David Justice needs one. Uh, a Ron Gant inside the park versus Cincinnati statue. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, they should like, do one for the four aces, too. Yeah, like, just go ahead and build, like, a Mount Rushmore out in right field. Just take out those seats and just build that right there. So funny. Who else? What what other teams need a statue? We can get a flames and a thrasher stretch, like eternal flame, if not a statue. Yeah, yeah, an internal flame for the Atlanta Flames, but maybe like um, Kovalchuk or something for the for the Thrashers. Yeah, Kovalchuk, Heatley, oh, Evander Kane. He was a oh, badass. Yeah, yeah Evander Kane. Hey, I am so upset that we don't have hockey in Atlanta. It's like oh, me too. Towards the end, they had five black players on that team. And you're like, yo, you need to be marketing this. You would literally get half the city out for this. And I mean, it's Atlanta Spirit Group's fault. Because the Thrashers were pretty good at that time. And yeah. su- super marketable. I mean, their marketing was even so insanely bad. I mean, there was no difference in the marketing during the strike year than there was any other time. Right. And Blue Land, to me, was the dumbest mistake of all. I get what they were going for, but the way it came off was so just, you know, randomly ham-fisted. Yeah. It just seems so exclusionary as opposed to how do you get Southerners in Atlanta to a hockey game? And it's marketing the players, not just some sort of weird blue land thing. We embrace individual personalities, which kind of goes against the hockey ethos, but still that's how you do it here. It's the name that gets people... I feel like if they have had somebody like Steve Coonan to like kind of be the head of marketing for a hockey team in Atlanta, we would be in a better place. We'd probably oh, still have a team. Easily. So how do you feel looking looking back on the Thrashers brand? Like, do you do you mess with those jerseys? Yeah, I still got my inaugural season jersey. Love I love the color scheme. I love the ideas behind of it. The one the one logo was like the giant T. Yeah, uh, love that. I thought that was great, but it was just so poorly run that the brand looks worse because of the record, as opposed to it just being like, "Oh, well, this was a miss." It was like it was a miss, and now everything associated with it is is trash. So, do you still watch NHL? Uh, here and there, it's. I mean, I took my hiatus after the Thrashers left. Uh, don't really have a team, so it was whatever was showing. I at least poke in during the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, I'm thinking about adopting the uh, Seattle Kraken. Just because okay. Yeah, you like that brand? Was, oh, my God, it was so good. Nice, so, dude. My best friend lives in Seattle, so it's like, hey, I'll go and see games there. Oh, so you have a reason to like kind of latch on to that. Yeah, and uh, looking around the league, so many of the NHL owners are just so kind of sketchy. That's like, okay, you all got an owner that's not questionable. Sure. I can rock with that. So it was like the right fit of things where I was like, okay, I'm going to adopt this team. And if by some miracle I hit a billion dollar lottery and can buy a team for Atlanta, I won't feel bad breaking that tie. Sure. And going back to being like 
an Atlanta hockey fan. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, when I moved to Atlanta, adopted the Thrashers. I, I grew up in Dallas. And since we don't have hockey anymore, this this is the year I paid for NHL center ice, and I got really into the Dallas Stars again. Yeah. And uh, they were doing really well, and then it all shut down. And um, I don't even know if like my NHL center ice package is still active, or if I'll still be able to watch them play their bubble games or or what. Um, but yeah, that's my team right now. So. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to, like, having a hockey team to care about again. I mean, outside of, honestly, soccer to me, and probably, actually, I'll put it third behind the NBA. Uh, the branding for NHL is so good when it's done right. It's so infinitely wearable. It's so infinitely recognizable as composed to, say, baseball in for most places. You know what's so weird that you bring that up? Um, I follow a lot of people on Twitter. There's there's this guy, Eric Bottomer, who's a designer, and he talks about NHL branding a lot. And I think he might actually work on NHL at Adidas. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the Adidas NHL stuff is way more considered than, like, what they give to the MLS. Oh, completely. I feel like it's somewhat the sport having that history. And it has that defined fan base of whatever size it actually is. But then you've got the MLS side where it's, okay, let's just, we don't know what we're doing here in America. We don't know if it's going to, like, all right, you've made it 25 years. We'll maybe start investing in some looks. And the sales, honestly, for MLS, if you take away Atlanta, Seattle, Portland, LAFC, and maybe Toronto, what do those sales look like to justify really putting the manpower into an MLS brand. Yeah, it means crazy to think that we support one of the teams that are like looked at kind of like the Yankees now. I've never really like cheered for a team that was the big bad bully that everyone hated. And I kind of yeah. love it. Yeah, I mean, as an Atlanta fan, you had that opportunity with the Braves in the 90s, but it was still kind of like oh, well, you all haven't won the big one. And then when you finally win the big one, I think if we win in 96, then that changes to like, okay, the Braves are world beaters. We got to like take them seriously. Yeah, and I guess it's different too. Like as adults now, like we have spending power, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, yeah, I'll buy that jersey. I'll buy that one too, you know? And uh, we, we weren't able to do that in the 90s as kids. Yeah, I mean, now you have what, three different price points for most jerseys? Whereas in the 90s, it was like you have one choice and it's expensive. Yeah. Or you had like the cheap choice, it's 25 bucks, but it's everyone knows it's just like a cotton t-shirt with uh, with buttons on it and a screen print. Like the having the levels is nice as a consumer. For sure. And the different fits too. Yeah. Having is, I think the thing that's great about the Atlanta United games, and you're starting to see it with other sports with the levels of clothing is that everybody is in your gear as opposed to it being oh that person's wealthy of course they can afford the jersey but everyone else is just wearing a red shirt it's like no we've got something for everybody and it makes the stadium that much more intimidating that's my favorite thing about match days is just showing up a few hours early and seeing everyone in stripes it's the yeah. it's the best feeling my favorite thing is to actually go up to the visiting supporter section and just like walk past a couple, like walk up there, get a beer or turn around, come back to hear them like 
oh god, everybody is oh, and you see it on their faces. It's their first time in Mercedes Benz, like how big it is, how nice it is, and then the fact that everyone is is all in on it because I mean we sell out literally twice the size of so many stadiums on a weekly basis, and it's cool to see their reaction to oh no, there's forty five thousand people here all cheering for the same team, all in team gear, and we are vastly outnumbered. Have you been to some away games? Yeah, I've done uh, LAFC, Montreal, Red Bulls, uh, Seattle. I've done Montreal, too. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Montreal was nice. You do uh, fully kitted for all that stuff? You wear the colors? Yeah, definitely, always. Anyone ever said anything really mean or nasty to you because you were wearing posing colors nope not even in orlando i mean orlando is treated a little differently but no one said anything to us in orlando uh toronto for the final in 2018 the, the final but the last game of the year uh we were so cold we were just like covered up but they knew we were atlanta fans and we walked all around the stadium people were really nice uh so the only place that has ever been awkward was orlando lafc they invited us out to their bar afterwards that, oh really? That's awesome. Yeah, that was probably my favorite away trip by far. LAFC fans were insanely cool. They were like before they get they were like they were coming up to find us before the match. We hung out and then finally security was like, okay, game's about to start. Everybody just kind of go to your seats. As soon as the match was over, we came outside our gate and they were waiting for us. They're like, hey, we've got a bar around the corner. Come join us. And it wow, was wow. That's fun. awesome. Yeah, you love that. When I was in Montreal. Uh, French Canadian guy uh, cussed me out, <laughs> but I was celebrating. I forgot who scored. Probably Joseph, but uh, yeah, I was celebrating pretty hard. So yeah, I got cussed out by. Was that the first game Romedi ever played in? Yeah, that was the one. <laughs> yeah, that was like two years ago this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I yeah. saw the highlight that just posted, and I was like, oh, I was there. Yeah, I remember well, just like going from rooftop to rooftop drinking, and everybody was just like so cool in Montreal. Montreal's an awesome city. I love. Yeah, it. except for that one dude. If you're listening to Way Down South Radio, dude, screw you. Anyway, last question. Uh, We were talking about childhood a little bit ago about with the Braves and whatnot, but I saw you tweet today about um, having a childhood crush on uh, Daisy Fuentes. Yes, Daisy Fuentes and Idalis. I just need Idalis to come out for, uh, you know, the Green Green New Deal, and I'm back to being 13-year-old me. Uh, back when MTV played videos and you knew who was going to be on at what time slots. Cool. So this is kind of an impromptu thing. Uh, each of us will draft two additional childhood crushes. Ooh. Let's see. Let's go with Lisa Bonet. Oh, she was she was in the Cosby Show, right? Yep. Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to say Alicia Silverstone. Oh, I'm clueless. <laughs> see, who else am I going to go with? I'm going to go with, like, the easy, easy obvious choice of uh, Alyssa Milano. Let's go ahead and throw her in the, in the conversation. Oh, and she's, like, super woke, too. Yeah. You, you love to see it. Yeah, I mean, you love to see when someone, you're like, oh, wow, you're, as a child, like, this insanely attractive person. And as an adult, you go, oh, wow, you have important things to say. And they're actually really cool and effortlessly woke. It's not like you're being performative. You're just like, no, I have this platform. I'm going to use it for good. Yeah, good call, good call. Yeah. I guess with my last pick, um, can't really think of many, but I'll, I'll just go with Kelly Kapowski. Good choice. 
That's just an easy one. If only she had gotten that modeling career in Paris before Zach ruined it. <laughs> Didn't they break up like Zach went to the beach or something and started dating that Stacy girl? Yeah, like the entire season that takes place over a summer. Yeah. And uh, it's like Leah Remini is like Zach Morris's new crush. That's exactly right, yeah. Yeah. And now she's got her own career. Yeah. Crazy. And is a weirdly best friend to J-Lo somehow. Wow. The things you learn. Yeah. All right, Curtis. Uh, thank you for joining the show. Uh, had a pleasure catching up. I don't think I've seen you since uh, the game at Kennesaw months ago. So uh, it's nice to see your face. Good luck with the job interview. Although if you do leave, we'll be very sad. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see you again in person. Same. Good to see you. And uh, thanks for the invite to do this. And I want nothing more than to be in Atlanta in that hot parking lot for tailgate and like open up beer with everybody just oh, and take a big family picture fit big family picture with cold ice cold beer in hand and just like pretend that 2020 never happened oh man I cannot wait but it'll be all worth it yep all right curtis talk to you soon talk to you soon